What's up, everybody, and welcome into the first episode of Locked On Irish on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I'm your lead host, Greg Schaefer. Got my boys in the house, Mark Hissom, Will Havanis. What's up, guys? Go Irish. Hey. You'll get a lot of enthusiasm <laughs> from this crew. It's it's a fun crew. So first episode out of the crack here. You know, Notre Dame seven and two right now. The football team is. The basketball team's one and one. We got a lot of stuff to bring you. We're going to be talking a little bit of state of the program today, uh, as far as the football program goes. Later in the week, we'll be breaking down uh, Coach Kelly's presser from tomorrow. We'll also get to a basketball preview. I'll do a Navy preview later this week. But I uh, hope you enjoy this one. We're going to just kind of kind of ease into it, just talking state of the program, things like that. Remember, you can follow us, Locked On, Twi- uh, Locked on Irish, uh, at Locked On Irish on Twitter. And then uh, check out LockedOnPodcast.com for any other podcasts. I know if you're a fan of Notre Dame, you're probably a fan of some NFL, some MLB, some NHL. Find your team out there. And uh, I encourage you to check out this new network that has invited us in the door for, for whatever reason. Before we started this show, we are talking about, wonder what kind of you know financial incentive might be in this. And we're thinking they might just uh, pay us to get off the air, or we have to pay to stay on the air, one or the other. So, well, boys, uh, bit, nice win yesterday. I don't want to go as far as say big win over Duke, but uh, you know we'll take it uh, seven and two. Um, but really, just kind of want to just overview where we're at right now. And uh, I asked this question on the Twitter page the other day: Is it possible to finish a football season and a full twelve game slate and still don't know what the team even is? Yeah, I think so. I think the biggest question you have going into finishing out this season and then starting next season is, is Ian Book the the uh, quarterback? Is, is he your quarterback next year? Because honestly, he's not going to the NFL after this year. He hasn't no. had the, the season that he had last year. So I think that's question number one. Even even more than is Brian Kelly staying? Is Chip Long staying? You know, everything like that. Is Ian Book the quarterback next year? If he's not, Brian Kelly's got to face the two years and done quarterback situation again. Yeah, and it goes right back to he cannot develop a quarterback. It's, it, I mean, the, this, I mean, the data is showing right now that he just cannot develop a quarterback. It's not happening for whatever reason. He just cannot. You know, I've given him a pass. If you go back and listen to some of our previous shows from our other podcast, um, I'd be careful to try to throw out new material and also to not feel like I'm repeating myself, but. It's like, you know, I give him a pass for a little while because Tommy Rees, honestly, in my opinion, may not even should have been uh, recruited by Notre Dame. Um, You know, he inherited him. Dane Christ had awful injuries to his knees. And then, you know, you move into Everett Golson, and Everett was looking nice, but then he had the year off because of uh, academic suspension there and then comes back after being chased around by George Whitfield with a broom, which do you remember when that guy was a thing? Oh, yeah. Everybody <laughs> thought he was a quarterback guru. Yeah. What's happened? Where's he at right now? He's probably still collecting money from players who want to go to the NFL. Yeah, probably suing for not being paid for whatever reason. Um, and then when he came back, he just wasn't the same guy. He was like deer in the headlights, just completely. Something would go wrong, and you just seen it in his face that it, you know it, things had already gone downhill. And ten plays later, he's still thinking about that play. Then you get into the whole uh, Malik Zaire thing. Um, I always wonder in 2014 if you know Malik hadn't got mono, you know where where would we be if he could have played as a true freshman? The season was already lost by the time he was ready to go. In October, um, you know, Tommy, Tommy did, you know, he gave the university everything that his body and his, his ability could give. And then we appreciate him for that. And if you look at the all-time rankings, it's really impressive where he ranks at. 
Yeah, I mean, Tommy went where Tyler Eifert went. So, I mean, it was – I never felt like Tommy was going to lead the team. I mean, without the, the receivers that he had at the time or the tight end, obviously, Eifert, yeah. uh, there was no talk of Tommy Reese. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's a lot of balls just being chucked up in the air. And the same goes for Golson that Eifert just saved his butt on yes. several times. And, but you know what? There, there's nothing wrong with that because Nick Saban has made a career of having average quarterbacks – but elite players around them. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and then we get into where, you know, you can't, you know, we're going into year seven now, 2015. And again, you know, goal, uh, Zaire's having a great season, breaks the ankle, Kaiser comes in. And if you guys remember, man, Kaiser looked like absolute garbage during the spring game. Um, he was outplayed by the third string quarterback at the time. It was not, it was not going well. And then he comes in against Virginia, um, leads the comeback, and uh, yeah, man, I mean, you know, the rest is history. That season was just marred by injuries, and Jerry Tillery was, remember, he was suspended the morning of the Fiesta Bowl against Ohio State? Yes. Um, just crazy, losing uh, what seemed like a quarter of the team throughout the season. Uh, Drew Tranquil jumps up for a celebration back bump and blows his knee out, just goofy stuff. Then 2016 hits, and here we are with this Kaiser-Zaire situation. And it's really just, I mean, if anybody wants to prove the point that Kelly can't develop a quarterback, look no further than that season. He names the starter that day, and then, you know, then he's trying to sprinkle in Zaire for whatever reason, and that kid didn't even look like the same person at that point. It makes you wonder if Kelly is ever going to get on the recruiting path and just go to the number one quarterback or the top three quarterbacks um, in high school and just say, look, you come to Notre Dame, you'll be the starting quarterback next year. Yeah, and just guarantee it right and just, off the And rip. just guarantee it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it does make you wonder, that's for sure. Um, you know, right now we got Tyler Buckner in the in the pipe for 2021, but I've heard that, you know, he has these video game-like numbers, and it's just interesting because I've been hearing a little more and more that the competition where he's at, and even though it's California, I've heard the competition's just not that good. However, those in the know have been saying that, you know, his mechanics are great and what they look for, because a lot of times you don't want to look for a result per se. Um, in, in high school sports. Um, you know, you might have a kid, uh, you know, we cover high school sports on the side and you might have a kid out there who's, you know, six foot five, 300 pounds, and there's just nobody else in the league like him. And he's just bowling over guys. Well, plus you also have to worry about when you start talking about high school kids. Um, you might say one kid is a three star and not a four or a five star. So he, he might not be somebody that everybody's looking at, but He's the one who's going to turn out to be the NFL superstar. Yeah. So, you know, kids all develop at different times. And so that's hard. That's that's other things you got to look at. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's just one of those things where you just got to, once you get them in the system, because Kelly's recruiting has not been terrible. It's just once he gets them in there, the development is kind of where we're at with all this. And now, you know, like I said, we, we had the Zaire... Um, we had the Zaire-Kaiser situation and then moving forward into Wimbush and Book. And this has been like a real test of we finally went into a season knowing who the starter was, number one. Which yeah, was nice. Wimbush was – his confidence was – I mean, there's no way that guy was going to play. He, I mean, he was the yeah. confidence of, of Golson, essentially. I mean, in some ways, especially with throwing the ball. That kid waited till everybody got open. And yeah. with our receivers, even last year – I mean, I will give Kelly credit on one thing. Um, trying to stay, try to stay on subject a little bit the best I can. But you know, three and zero, and you pull your starter. That's that takes uh, a little bit of a uh, little guts. It, know, it's but. almost like being in a national championship game and pulling your starter to go with a freshman quarterback. Yeah, it really is. Half. I mean, it's a huge chance. I mean, 
And sometimes that can work out and sometimes it can't. And last season, you know, Book had a a really nice year. He was really efficient. He made things happen. But right now, it just looks like he has some happy feet back there, especially against Michigan. Yeah, it's a confidence thing again. I mean, I, you know, I always want to look back and say, man, the line played like crap today. But then when you actually rewatch the game and and look at some of the things, he's not he's not using his protection at all. No, uh, and that's costing him, um, you know, to throw off his back foot way too often. Um, of course, you know how that goes. He's, you know, leads interceptions just like yesterday. His interception on the one he overthrew was off his back foot. So, you know, without the confidence to step up into the, the pocket and make that throw downfield, he's going to struggle. Yeah. yeah. If you look at his stats from last night, you know, he was 18 of 32 for 189 yards, four touchdowns and two interceptions. And you hear that four touchdowns and you're like, Hey, I'll take four touchdowns all day. But when you start looking at all the other numbers, it's just kind of like, he didn't really do it as a quarterback throwing the ball. No, he was a leading rusher. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and it wasn't even close, you know, and that's that's kind of what Ian Book is. And, you know, our pass protection's actually been really good this year from, uh, you know, offensive line's done great there. We just can't run the ball this year. And I wonder if that's not helping his cause. I mean, when you're coming out and he's the lead, when your quarterback's the leading rusher, and, uh, you know, we, we were at the Bowling Green game, and when you can't bowl over, no pun intended, Bowling Green, and, you know, Tony Jones is getting caught from behind against Bowling Green, that's a problem. Yeah. Well, and that's that's the thing. What are the three best things to help a uh, a quarterback? It's having a great tight end, yep. having a great running game, and then, you know, obviously having good pass protection. Oh, and it'll be a theme on this show that uh, baby Ian Book to Baby Gronk should be a thing until it's not. Our tight ends are specimen. George Tackett, Brock Wright, and, of course, Cole Komet. And then Tommy Trimble, you know, he's not uh, as physically imposing, but, you know, he bailed us out against Louisville big yeah. time. Did Komet have a, a reception yesterday? Oh, that's a great question. That's a great question. You know, if you think about it, too, what's uh, funny is that, um, yeah, he had two catches for nine yards. That's um, that's unacceptable. But if you look at Notre Dame, you can say that they could arguably be one of the best schools at putting tight ends into the NFL. Yeah. Like, yeah, they typically are or yeah. have been. I mean, they're, they're tight in you right now. Yeah, I mean, right? I mean, the only other school that you could say that maybe is better than them is uh, the Hurricanes at putting tight ends because, you know, Greg Olson and uh, uh, that dude who killed people, Hernandez. Yeah, Aaron, Aaron Hernandez. Yeah. And that's Florida. He was Florida. He oh, was, he was Florida. Yeah, he uh, was a Gator. Who was it? Was it – um. Is uh, it Kellen Winslow? Kellen Winslow, Kellen Winslow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody with a criminal past. Yeah, I mean, pick a pick a pick a Florida school and a Florida player. Somebody that had a criminal past in yep. there. But uh, yeah, you know, he's just. I feel like they need to utilize a tight end more, and that's what Chip Long was brought in for. And he, again, it's gotten better since uh, since 2017. It's definitely gotten better, but it's just it's just not where I thought it would be when we have a guy come in. It's like, he's going to hone in on the tight end. It's the play calling. I mean, we're, we, you can't run the ball when you're it's second to 10 every single time. I mean, we're not throwing the ball downfield. We throw the ball laterally. We're not beating it with speed. So, and I don't know where they got the idea of this, take a snap and take, just pivot around and just throw straight across the field to the receiver. That never works ever yeah at some point you just have to take that page out of your playbook exactly i'm like or, or if you're chip kelly you just look at him and you say um or brian or kelly. brian kelly yeah, sorry him too uh when when they make that call you just look at him and you say you call that play one more time and just pack your bags yeah you won't even make it to the tarmac like uh oh, lane kiffin did yeah uh 
Yeah, I don't know. You know, it, there's certain times when it, you look at it and you're like, okay, I kind of like where this is going. And that was a lot of last year. You kind of liked where things were going. But it almost like we tightened up going into that Clemson game. We, we did, played very tight in, in the USC game. Things have not looked the same really since, or looked uh, fluid since Stanford last year, in my opinion. No, and I've said this a few times, and I'll probably live with this mantra. We play to not lose. We do not play to win. Yeah. I don't disagree with that, and you know, last night I predicted on our other show I predicted that we would uh, we would blow them out forty one seventeen, and we won thirty eight seven, so we'll take it. And I'm not trying to be have this first show for locked on be all Debbie Downer, but it's like I really do think we we found something against Virginia Tech, and that last drive we threw the ball downfield. Surprise, surprise, very shocking. We threw the ball downfield, and all the good things happen. Yeah, but that was like a 17-play drive, converted a couple fourth downs. I mean, talk about your backs being up against the wall. Well, the other thing in last night's game is the defense. I mean, they just – I know it's Duke, and Duke is just now moving on from Andrew – or from uh, uh, Daniel Jones. But, I mean, the defense came out. And, yeah. And they, they pretty much ended that game for Duke. Oh, they shut them down. I mean, how many – I think the entire first half it was almost all three and out yeah. for Duke. Yeah, and then they shut him out in the second half. Well, yeah, Duke came out first first play of the game. Duke comes out, they get a first down, and then their next four possessions, they don't even get a first down. Oh, That's without, huge. Without the referees, I don't think they score at all. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, you know, and the, the interceptions though, you know, the one interception that bounces off the guy's helmet, it's like, what are you going to do about that? I don't know, thank God throw he, a better ball. Thank God he caught it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that's that's a dumb move on the freaking cornerbacks uh, part. I mean, why you just let that ball hit the ground? It's fourth down. But, uh, yeah, you know, Duke, they're in a mess right now. But as of right now, I do feel like we're going to be able to run the table here. Uh, I know Stanford lost last night. Uh, who else? Navy's coming up this week. Uh, I'll have a Navy preview later in the week. But uh, you know, Navy, they're 7-1. and one. They, The only team they played with a pulse is Memphis, and they got beat. And then the, the triple option is just a bear to go against. Um, speaking of the triple option and just – uh, you know, with injuries is always a concern with that. You have, you got an update just before the show, Julian Aquara. Yeah, I mean, just looking, I'm trying to find out if anybody knows anything about his ankle or how serious it is. And right now it's looking, based on talk, that he may be out the rest of the season. And if it's like that, if he's even questionable with the chop blocks and stuff, he's got to sit. I mean, this, yeah, sure. and in my opinion, he's out this week with that kind of talk. I don't care if he if he says he's good to go on Saturday morning, he's out this week. Yeah. If it was ever even talked about the fact that, he might be done for the rest of the year. He's out this week, in my opinion. Yeah, he should be. I mean, you got to put the heavy guys up front and just let them let them stop the run, uh, force Navy to throw the ball as always. I mean, we've been doing this forever, so I mean, everybody knows what you need to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, get the, get the big boys in there, let them stay low, and uh, you know, keep those fresh knees. Yeah, it's like I said in 2016 when Notre Dame struggled with Duke. Like, there shouldn't even be a halftime speech. It should just be it's freaking Duke. Like this week, it's Navy. It's, yeah, but you could make the argument last year against Duke, you know, if you struggle with them. They had the number sixth overall pick. Well, it was 2016. It, was, uh, it would have been Jones's freshman year. Um, so, I mean, eh, I don't know. I just don't think we should ever struggle with Duke. And, and on top of yeah, it. Yeah, but you could say that about, you know, a handful of the schools that that Notre Dame plays or or anybody plays. And what is it that we always say? Because of college because football. Because college football. I mean, I you go back and listen to some of my previous shows on my, on our other show. There, it's like when I called the Iowa um, Ohio State loss two years was that last year or two years ago? 
I think it was two years ago, right? Yeah, two yeah. years ago. Last year was Purdue. Purdue. But I called it, and the only reason I, I didn't even have justification behind it, just because college football. And that, that kind of stuff just happens. I mean, it is what it is. You know, these you never know what you're going to get out of 17 to 22, sometimes 23-year-old kids on a Saturday. Yeah, I mean, you look at la- uh, last week against Virginia Tech, tight comes down to the end, and then this week against Duke, and it's... In, in, in essence, a blowout. And for reference, you know, Duke Duke beat Virginia Tech forty five to ten at Virginia Tech. Yeah. So like, I mean, that is the definition of college football. Absolutely. At Virginia Tech, Duke's beat Duke, Duke beats them by five touchdowns, and then you fast forward later in the year, and Duke loses to Notre Dame thirty eight to seven a week before when Notre Dame has to get a heroic drive to win the game. Now they did keep Quentin Harris in check quite a bit. I was I'm impressed by that because yeah, I feel I felt like he was a decent college quarterback, 16 to 28 for 102. But that kid looks like his confidence levels just shot. Um, but again, you know, back to the Notre Dame side of the ball, it's just like you know they did get some more running backs involved. Sebo uh, got some carries, Jameer Smith, um, but still no Braden Lindsey, fastest guy in the team. No, oh, right? he's he didn't even dress. Uh, that's right. He, he did make the. He had uh, some concussion related. Okay. Believe, yeah. Okay. So that's my fault for not uh, catching that one. But, yeah, but uh, Armstrong had three carries. I arm. Uh, yeah, Armstrong had three carries, and I don't know if he's going to be right this year, um, coming back from the groin injury. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I do know we have to start utilizing more backs. That's for sure. It you gotta. To you happen. gotta. Gotta figure it out, or you just gotta kind of throw more up for Claypool. Um, yeah. which I think what's going to end up happening with Claypool is uh, he's going to be one of those guys who doesn't have great numbers in college and then goes on to have a very good co- uh, NFL career. Well, his measurables yeah. are off the chart. So. Yeah, I mean, he just, yeah, the last two games, over 215 yards total. I mean, the dude's a monster. Absolutely. So I guess that's the time to start cutting into our live read here. So let's not make it any more awkward. So our live read this week for uh, Roman. With Roman, you can get free online evaluation and ongoing care for your erectile dysfunction, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. Just go to roman.com slash locked to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. So check out Roman, one of the sponsors of Locked On Podcast Network. So check coming into our final segment here, just continuation. We're just going to keep breaking it down. Um, just a little fast, uh, easy fastballs today for the first show. Um, yeah, I, d- I just don't know where the team goes from here, and I just don't know if we're going to figure out what they are with the competition because we're not really going to be tested. Even with Navy being 7-1, and one, we're not going to be tested per se. You know, If we struggle with them or even lose, it's, it's going to be pretty much based on a triple option. You know, how many times have we lost or struggled with Navy and then beat a pretty good team the next yeah. week? I mean, it'll it's be just close not a good barometer. The know. first half will be ah, uh, the first quarter will be close. Well, we got to we got to get out on them early. That's going to be the yeah. thing. Get out on them early. Make them play from behind the sticks. Yeah, you got to make them play from behind because you can't let them control the clock. Yeah, because and you got to take advantage of your possessions. The other thing you do with with Navy is you know they're not going to throw the ball. I don't care. You just you jam the box and you put your corners on an island and you just dare them to throw. Yep. And then as a corner, don't be shocked when they do throw. That's what I think. I got these guys peeking inside and it's like all of a sudden they go to throw and this guy's standing you know, wide open, not a guy within 30 yards. And it's yeah. Like, be conscious of it that you have one job as a corner in a game against Navy. You literally 
your coaches should be telling the corners, you just follow your guy. Do not worry about them running it. Yeah. If within five seconds the ball hasn't, you know, you're the you haven't seen the ball come your way, then start looking for a running back. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, speaking of corners, last night another you know, I like the kid. I think he's a good kid, but that, you know, I'm not banging on him as a person. But his play—I mean, who, do, who, but who was the touchdown over Dante Vaughn? Yeah. And what did we see during the game against Clemson last year? You know, Julian Love goes down for a short period of time, and we even said this last year that depth is a concern. But I also think that Dante Vaughn's kind of a concern out there. And I know they burn up. There was some discussion about him redshirting this year, coming back for a fifth year. And at first, my initial reaction was, man, you cannot beat experience. You can't beat experience having a guy like that out there. But, you know, it just – I know he kind of stumbled, natural grass, it is what it is. But it, at some point, it's not a coincidence anymore that these touchdowns and things are happening over the same guy. No, and unfortunately, we have, you know, a history of have being like that out on, on the corner. So, I mean, other than that, I mean, our defense has – you know, they laid up one egg this year against Michigan. Yeah. Um, but – They've, Which I still can't explain. Yeah, they've kept us. They, we've won every game that we've won because of our defense for the most part. Yeah, I mean they've shut down almost everyone other than Michigan. Um, but last night, I mean they, you know, what's what's Duke averaging rushing yards per game? Two forty something. Yeah, two twenty four, two forty two, something like that. But uh, they shut them down. What they have ninety five yards rushing. Yeah, ninety five yards rushing. They had one ninety seven overall. I mean, it's a great day. Um, yeah, I, I mean we really should have just buried this team. You know, they had the the penalty. Uh, on the long play by Fink. But, you know, Fink actually did show up to play yesterday. Um, I'm not a huge fan right now. Uh, five catches, 49, and two touchdowns last night. I, I'm just not a huge fan. I, I feel like, I don't know, he's returning punts. They got him doing a lot. And sometimes, sometimes I just feel like I can see why you are a walk-on. You know, again, not to bang on him, but he's just not progressed into this year. It's not the same Fink we had last year. Don't you agree? Yeah, I agree. I think uh, his value is is uh, game week, uh, practice, leadership. I mean, he you know, according to Coach Kelly, he works extremely hard. You know, a lot of guys feed off of that kind of stuff. So his importance out there is you know his leadership, and whether he's producing on the field or not, he can still provide that, and, it, and it's a huge value. Yeah, definitely. And you know, you see that. I mean, he's kind of goofing off on the sideline, and, and everybody's along with him and not really looking at him like, dude, stop it. No, they they really enjoy the energy. It looks like that he brings, and I feel like that they uh, they really like him uh, as a player, and they really follow him. And you know, he's got a great story. I mean, coming from uh, down in Dayton. Going up there to Notre Dame, earning a scholarship, and really playing a key role, and now being a captain. I mean, that's a tremendous, uh, tremendous way to do it. But uh, man, you just gotta, you gotta produce when when it comes game time. You gotta be able to produce. Yeah, you do. But I mean, you look at any professional sport, and there are guys who, for whatever reason, they're good enough to be there, but because of their leadership, because of the little things that they do, they always have a spot, and, and that's bigger than you realize. And, and I agree with you, you need to produce, but produce at what kind of level? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so. but I mean, if you think about it, I mean, we're, we put ourselves out of position for those type of players to produce because of our play calling. I mean, we're, we're all, we are working against ourselves yeah, that's, the time. that's a huge thing. Coaches, you have to know what you have on your team, and you have to develop a game plan 
to to work for those guys. Exactly. And I just I just don't sometimes I don't understand the personnel decisions either because again we had the Lindsay thing and you brought up the injury, but then you guys like Avery Davis, who they've totally mismanaged his career. More power to this kid coming out of Texas, pretty highly recruited quarterback, gets flipped to the um flipped to running back, then flipped to the defensive side of the ball, and then because of a need this year he's back at running back. I mean, ultimate team player. But he's one of the fastest guys on the team. And when uh-huh. I when I first heard he was flipped back to running back, I was like, I'm gonna I think he's going to be our leading rusher this year and have him, have him return punts something I mean, something we, we can't get the ball past the 10-yard line on punt returns he's clearly a good athlete so i mean when fink had his punt return yesterday in the second half i was <laughs> shocked i was so was he yeah i, mean, <laughs> I think he was too and I want to see more number 20. Sebo Flemister is a nice back. Yeah. Uh, the comparisons I heard to Armando Allen are starting to really come to fruition, and I think he's going to be really nice. I think he'll be a back that a lot of these schools, he was at one time a Georgia Tech commit. Um, I think a lot of these schools are going to kind of regret maybe not putting a little more stock into him coming out. Who's the kid they have coming in next year? The, the running back? Chris Tyree should start day one. Yeah, uh, he's all speed. I mean, I haven't really watched his his film, but that's a big thing on him is he's fast. Yeah, he's he's he makes other guys that are fast look not so fast. Yeah, and <laughs> and with uh, Notre Dame's track record, you know they're gonna they're gonna have some really good hogs up front that are gonna create some holes for him. Yeah, most definitely. Um, yeah, and you got to get a guy like that in space. I mean, maybe he. I don't know. In my opinion, a guy like this, you need to bring him in, and I don't almost care what he looks like. He's got to be on the field. I don't care what he yeah. does there in practice. Yeah. Like as long as that speed's still there, as long as he doesn't come in like twenty pounds overweight and he's running like a four eight forty. If <laughs> yeah. he's any semblance of what he is in high school, we'll figure out what to do with speed. And and that goes back to what Hissom was talking about, you know, play calling. At that point, you have to know I have a weapon here. I need to put him in the right positions to be effective. Yeah. And and it doesn't matter where it, where it is. You know, maybe he lines up in the slot here and there, or maybe he lines up uh, two running backs or whatever. Figure it out. Yeah, I mean, the offense is going to look a lot different next year. Um, I mean, I think it could even be on the table for Book to transfer. I don't think Book's transferring. I don't either, but, I mean, you got Jerkovic back there. You got Brendan Clark. Drew Pines coming in, who's another top-level recruit. Uh, moving on to the running backs, you got Tony Jones graduating. Jafar Armstrong, I think at this point, unless he proves us otherwise, I think he's going to be one of those guys who has talent. And he's going to show flashes, but he's always going to be an injury concern. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I think you're right on that as well. But, you know, looking past this year and then going into next year and talking about team speed, the recruiting side of things, I mean, we've done nothing but recruit speed. So talking, you know, going back to what Will was saying about getting the ball to the playmakers, those guys have got to be on the field. I mean, we can't just recruit them and then not play them. I mean, people are screaming for Jerkovic to play uh, over Reese, even or um, Reese book this Jesus, year. Where are you? I at? know, man. God. <laughs> well, and I that, hate to hate to say the, the similarities are there, but that and that's the thing. You know, you're hundred percent right on that, Mark. It's in this day and age, kids want to go where they can play, and that only helps Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. They want to play right away. So at some point, you have to just look at look at kids and say, look, this kid is a playmaker. He might not have the experience, but he can make plays. I got to get him out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yeah, got to exactly. find just a way. Just like with Hamilton. I mean, it, it was almost a shock that he's getting the playing time he's getting, but there's no reason he shouldn't be on the field. No, we were discussing that last night, and we'll get into it maybe later this week, is you know, with Pryor coming in, Gilman has got to come back. 
in my opinion. He is not a pro player. Um, if he's back, I mean, you could put him at the Rover maybe and have Pryor and uh, Hamilton as safeties. you got to find a way to have all three of them on the field. I mean, Pryor might even be able to play this ro- the Rover position, um, the, the transfer in from Ohio State. I, I, I mean, there's a lot of ways you can – you just got to have your athletes out there. Yep, you just have to have athletes. So that about wraps this first episode up, guys. We really appreciate you checking in. We're going to have a continuation of this conversation later in the week, of course. We'll have a Navy preview. We're going to do some basketball at some point this week. Um, Really, really appreciate the support, and especially any of our listeners that followed us over from East of the Bend. Really pumped to have you guys in as well. Hopefully uh, hopefully, uh, you haven't clicked us off yet, but uh, we'll have a breakdown of Kelly's presser tomorrow as well. So remember, follow us on on Twitter at LockedOnIrish. And uh, check out all the other podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Uh, we know you have more teams than just Notre Dame, so check that out. So uh, until next time, guys, go Irish.